0: Welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett.
1: Yes, I am here.
0: And Cameron Smith.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Okay, as promised this season, we're adding more guests, and so we have a fabulous guest for this episode, and it's actually somebody that, uh, we teased this subject a lot.
2: Teased?
0: Teased. T e a. Yes, we've got an, a wonderful lady on the episode today. She is an entrepreneur, and so with that, we've got a fabulous list. This is actually uh, some movies with a female lead who is a bad arse entrepreneur. <laughs> Arsh? Bad Arsh. Arse. <laughs> We don't cuss on Bullcast Podcast. I mean,
2: you know. <laughs> Bad butt. <laughs>
0: Bad butt. But just like a real strong boss lady, I would say. Uh, now, obviously, with every person who starts a business, you know that it's not just one person. There is a strong support system behind it. So, fellas, I'm not discluding you. It's just we got a female on this episode. Let's highlight some females. I Let's... feel
2: excluded. Do you feel excluded? Go women. Are... I'm all about it. Yeah. Okay. Kim right. likes women, okay? Go women. Okay. <laughs>
0: Okay, number one on this list is Joy.
2: Phenomenal movie.
0: Uh, that was Jennifer Lawrence. It. She's trying to do like the vacuum cleaner. I think it's window, a mop. Or mop, mops, yeah. that's right. Yes, and it's it's a good. It came out
1: around the same time as Silver Lining Playbook. That's right. right. Yes. Yeah, When she hit her stride. Yeah. Yes,
0: right. a self-ringing mop is what it is.
1: Interesting. Okay, well, the next one is actually one that I watched this weekend. Ooh. The Devil Wears Prada.
0: And we never mention that on the episodes ever.
1: Every time. <laughs> I'm serious. Like There are parts of that movie that every time I see him, I'm like, Oh, man, that just gets you right there. It's, it's, a, it's a good film. <laughs> but
0: obviously, Miranda Priestly owns a very high fashion magazine, so she's a boss.
1: Boss lady.
2: Number three is The Intern, starring Anne Hathaway and Bob De Niro. Yep. Yeah,
0: it's a great example of a small company and how it grows and then just kind of what happens with that. And he really ends up being kind of father figure mentor to really help her out through that. Yeah. Okay, the next one is Chocolate.
1: Johnny Depp. Chocolat.
0: I have not seen that.
1: I have seen it. It was, it, it fell very sort of flat for me in terms of, I think I was expecting it to be funnier than it was. Uh, next on the list is Bridesmaids. Okay, who are we saying is the BA entrepreneur here? Uh,
0: Kristen Wiig. Okay. Baker, right? Yeah, she's, she's a ba- failed
1: baker, yeah. though. But well, she makes but it, delicious it, things in her home kitchen, right? Once she fails. Yeah.
0: She perseveres, okay? <laughs> she,
1: she does. She does. I mean, she comes out on top of that. The end next on
2: the list is Reese Witherspoon's Sweet Home Alabama yeah and you she has a baby fashion, in a bar <laughs>
0: fashion designer and and shows that you know she's a high New York fashion designer doesn't matter that yeah. she came from the Hicks Alabama <laughs> well
1: although she believes that it matters yeah I mean she she, she hides kind of a, it yeah she yep. definitely hides it okay next is you, Katie. So You've go. got mail. <laughs> this is like a phenomenal list. I'm I'm here yeah. for it.
0: Yeah, uh, and so obviously she owns a bookshop.
1: Meg Ryan's yes, character Meg Ryan. owns it's the such, shop around the corner.
0: Such a straight gray movie.
1: How else are you gonna say it other than it's around the corner?
0: Around the corner. <laughs> okay. O <Okay>. X. <O-X. laughs>
1: Uh, Next is Steel Magnolias. And, of course, you've got a couple of, a lot of strong women in this. Absolutely. Uh, You've got um, Olympia Dukakis, who plays um, the mayor, I think. And then, of course, Dolly Parton owns her own salon Mm -hmm. and um, so on and so forth. Good movie. Drink your juice, Shelby. Don't make fun of me. All right. That's a good... Stop talking about me like I'm not here.
2: With four sisters. I grew up on that movie. (laughs) And being from Louisiana, it's just like, I know that movie. It's a good one.
1: The next one I have never seen, The Associate. Are you guys familiar with this film? I, I recognize the name. Give me a second, and I'll see if it comes So to yeah, me. it says
0: if you set the movie Tootsie on Wall Street and switch Dustin Hoffman for Whoopi Goldberg, oh, Goldberg, yeah. you would have the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Premises. Okay,
1: so this is the one where Whoopi Goldberg she can't make it on Wall Street as a woman. So, she pretends to be a man so that she can get business on Wall Street. Yeah,
0: successful independent stockbroker. Like,
1: the man the man that she pretends to be becomes the buzz of Wall Street, and everybody wants to meet him, but she... It's her, yeah. 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 She can't. So, it's, it's an interesting movie. Uh, again, it was actually done probably near the decline of her peak. <laughs> uh,
0: the next one we've talked about before, Baby Boom. And obviously, Diane Keaton's a great executive, high in her company, but then... Life happens and she perseveres and starts making baby food. Yep.
1: Which is better than just staying home and making babies, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So next on the list, I think is an amazing movie, but an even better Broadway show, just to throw that in there, it's Waitress. (laughs) I saw the movie, obviously, before, long before I saw the show, and it's a great movie about a a woman who works as a waitress in a diner, basically, but she makes pies, and she makes the most amazing pies, and, of course, I think ultimately the goal is for her to start her own pie business. Hmm.
2: Next on the list, uh, it's a 1955 movie, so I am going to read the very brief synopsis. It's called Lucy Gallant. Have you guys heard of Lucy Gallant? I have not. A New Yorker, played by Jane Wyman, opens a dress shop in Texas and puts business first over love with Rancher, played by Charlton Heston.
0: Oh, mm. I'm gonna have to check it out. Okay, we've got a couple others on here um, Coco Chanel. Obviously, it's a movie about Coco Chanel, which mm-hmm. you, most people know. And uh, I'll just go ahead and kind of wrap this up. 9 to 5 is also a great example. Of oh, absolutely. Their, I saw that this weekend, yeah, too. That's, <laughs> you just had a good old time with your movies this weekend. And then Erin Brockovich, she obviously pushes herself where she doesn't have the schooling. She doesn't have you know a law degree, but mm-hmm. she really is fighting for the better person. And so she is pushing to get the job done. That's a great girl power movie yeah. for sure.
1: Got a couple of Amy Adams movies on here because I'm pretty sure Julie and Julia starred Amy Adams. Yeah. And then I'm also pretty sure that Sunshine Cleaning starred Amy I didn't Adams. I not Sunshine Cleaning. Yeah, and Meryl Streep is mentioned a few times on here.
0: Yep. Yeah. Devorah's Prada,
2: yeah.
1: Julie Julia.
0: I feel like what all of these people have in common is that they have a drive, they have something they're going for, and that's kind of why we're going to have a series of different businesses because I think right now a huge trend is to start your own business, be your own boss, and so we're going to do multiple guests, but we've got our first coming up here in just a few seconds, but Court, I'm sorry, we got to kick you off for right now for our guest. I got no
1: microphone.
0: I know. we got to take your mic. We're super excited to get our studio soon, but for now... Court, we'll see you at the closing, but I'm going to meet with uh, our fabulous guest. As
2: she spills the tea. Bye.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I'm so excited about our guest today. If you have been a Bullcast listener from the beginning, I'm pretty sure you've probably heard me talk about this, boys making fun of me, but I love these teas. I drink them in almost every episode.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bullcast is like the unofficial sponsor of this tea shop.
0: (laughs) I mean, I've even got you hooked on them, Cam. Oh, boy. Our drink of choice is Nola Vamp. Mm. I mean, not only is it a cool name, but it tastes really good. Uh, We have a fabulous guest today. This is Priscilla with Carville Nutrition Spot. Priscilla, you with us?
3: Yes, I'm here, Katie.
0: Okay, well, Priscilla, this is your episode. So um, my first question would be, tell us a little bit about you and uh, the business.
3: Katie, I am a wife, a mom, a teacher because I homeschool my kids. And I'm also a businesswoman, so I wear many different hats, as you know. I am 38 years old. We've been living here in Collierville for around seven years or so. And I initially had a hair salon in the spot where the nutrition club is. And right around 2019, I went through a weird transition with the business and all of my stylists left one by one. And it was just something that was odd and strange and I wasn't quite sure what was going on, but I just persevered. I stayed the course. My husband encouraged me not to close the salon, but to kind of like just keep going with it. So that's what I did. The business is obviously... A nutrition club, you guys come in and get shakes and teas. But the journey that took us there was it was a salon. I was in that space prior to converting it into a nutrition club. But like I stated before, I had a few stylists leave and I was there by myself. I was a little concerned because I was pregnant with my fourth surprise baby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of like really like threw me off. Was I gonna keep the salon? Was I gonna close it? But my husband was like, it's really not a burden. I think you should really keep it. And so I decided to keep it. Uh, Larkin was born. I went off on maternity leave and I came back around January to doing hair. And it felt just kind of odd to be in a salon by myself after coming off of maternity leave. But I am also a person of faith. And so I was just trusting God through this, what seemed to be unfamiliar to me, because one, I had never really worked with a really small child, which was Larkin. Uh, She was just maybe over two months when I decided to go back to the salon and it just felt odd because it was an empty space. So in my mind, I'm questioning and asking, okay, so what is going on? What is the plan? I know you have a plan, but what is it? And so around maybe February, a lady called my landlord and asked if she had any space for rent. And she said, I don't have any space for rent, but I do have a young lady who's kind of on the fence about what she would like to do with the space that she's in. And at that time I had been with Miss Ann maybe two or three years. And so she was willing to let me break my lease and just call it even. She had felt like I'd been such a, such a good tenant that she would just re-rent the spot. But my husband didn't really want me to go that route, so I was patient. And then February came as Ann called me randomly and said, hey, this young lady wants to know if she can have your phone number to talk to you. And I'm typically a yes person. Um, I'm always looking for a good opportunity, not necessarily looking for one. But when I hear one, I recognize it. So the young lady came to visit me the next day after I would said it was OK for her to have my phone number. And she was telling me about the shakes and teas and how there was one in her city and Collierville didn't have one. And as she continued to talk, I realized that the particular company that uh, she retail products for, I was a part of that company and my 20s, and which was Herbalife. When we lived in Florida, I had a salon then, also, and I did Herbalife. But the lady who had kind of like recruited me, she didn't really give me like any guidance or pointers or anything like that. It was just kind of like, here, try this tea, and that was the end of that. So I didn't do much with it in my 20s, and came away from it. Wayne finished college. We moved from Florida to Tennessee. Uh, I ended up going back into the salon after just going through some personal things and I told my husband, like, well, now that the kids are in school, maybe I should start a salon again. So that's what we did. But from the time frame of February until March 18th, we began the transition. After I spoke with the young lady that Saturday, she came out to speak with me. I called my husband, told him about it. He's always been very supportive of anything that I want to do. And so we just started right away, got the phone book, oddly. <laughs> I know no one still uses phone <laughs> books in this day and age, but I did. I had a phone book at my salon and I called like eight different plumbers and they just began to to come and give me quotes. And it was a little discouraging uh, because they would all come in and say, oh, I wish your plumbing was on this wall because, as you know, we need an ice machine. We needed a three compartment sink, a hand washing station. And they would all tell me the same thing. Like if your plumbing was here, oh, this would be such an easy job, straight to the point. But because your plumbing is not in an ideal place, this is actually going to cost you a fortune. And that made me like a little nervous, like, wait, I don't want to start something that's going to cost us a fortune. I really wasn't planning for this, but I just continued on, you know, that little bit of hope and faith, just knowing that God had a plan. And so the last plumber came and we probably caught about eight different plumbers. The last plumber came and he said the same thing. He said, oh, this is going to cost you a fortune. But he said, you know, let me walk into your bathroom. So he walked into my bathroom and he said, this is an odd place to have a vent. And lo and behold, he pops out the vent and he says, your plumbing is right here where you need it. This is going to be easy. And so, I mean, I just could have like ran around the salon, (laughs) but I didn't want to freak them out. So I didn't. (laughs) But I was just like, yes, thank you, Lord. I mean, it just was like a sign that you were, you are supposed to be doing this. So once again, it wasn't like I was looking for this opportunity. This opportunity found me like most things in life. I just feel like they find me um, if I'm supposed to be doing them. And so with the plumbing being on that wall, It was a no brainer at that point. So we were off and just ready to go. So um, we lined up plumbers. My husband contacted a painter and contractors to get the bar built, to get the painting done. And my husband, although he works a full 40 hour week job as an air traffic controller, he's all hands on deck and he always has been like that. So he's burning the wick at both ends. Um, night and day, going to work, getting off, going straight there, just making it happen for not just our family, but for the city of Collierville, because Collierville had not had one of these. And we were, you know, just excited, nervous, ready. And then something odd happened right before we were beginning to open and I think the week that we were opening, I'm one of those people that I am oblivious to what is going on on the news and because I don't watch the news. It can just be a little bit discouraging sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't watch the news. And so, Wayne told me, he said, yeah, uh, it's like we're in like a pandemic. I said, what? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) So I started doing a little bit of research, probably at 5 a.m. And we're supposed to open up at 6 a.m. So this really made me nervous. It weirded me out. I was sitting in the parking lot and I was just like, what do I do? I can just hear one of my favorite speakers, Joyce Meyer, say, if you have to do it afraid, do it afraid just do it anyway. Hmm. And I literally walked through the door trembling, not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing if people were going to show up. I personally had never lived through a pandemic. I I had never even heard my parents talk about a pandemic. So I'm like, what is this? What is going on? But I mean, God was just so good. The city of Collierville just showed up with just so much support. As sad as the the pandemic was, it worked in our favor because Most places were closed, so people had nowhere to go. And then we offered curbside. So, I mean, we probably lost five pounds a day. I mean, we were running in and out of the building so much. I mean, we were burning a lot of calories. I mean, all I can remember is my feet hurt at the end of every single shift. But I was grateful. So it was a good ache at the same time. But we made it work. And it also worked with my husband's job, with him being a government employee. They went on um, a one-week-off, a one-week-on rotation. So even in that, you could just see God's hands working, just backing us because I have four small children and I was just thinking like, this is impossible. Like, how are we going to pull this off? But when they told him because of the pandemic, they were going to be now doing one week on, one week off. And then his shift got changed to nights. So he was able to be there full not full time, but like I went in at 6 to 12. He went from 12 to 6. I mean, he was able to be there pretty much running if I was not there. I mean, it just worked. All the pieces came together. And I always tell people it was a God thing. It wasn't an opportunity that him and I sought out. It was something that I explored in my 20s, not real deep, but it came back and presented itself again, and it just took off this time. So we're just truly thankful and humbled to be in this community. To live here, to work here.
2: Priscilla, what an inspirational story. Thank you for sharing an, a story of entrepreneurship and following your dreams. And there is a lot to unpack here from the story you've told us. But I have to ask one question first.
3: Okay. What,
2: what has been the biggest challenge from going to the world of salons and hair to moving to tea? Did, did you have that I was same about question? To ask, yeah. But what was the biggest <laughs> challenge there? Because that seems like a big difference.
3: It is a big difference. Well, the first challenge was I was going to attempt to try to do both. I was. Wow. <laughs> but two things happened. Yeah, I was. So, in the back room, when you guys come in, if you look straight to the back, there's a white door. And behind that door, there are still my shampoo bowls. I have not had the courage to part them. So, <laughs> they are still there. <laughs> and so, initially, I was trying to do like maybe one client or two clients. But hair would get in the drinks. Mm -hmm. And I would say, Oh no, it's hair at the bottom of this drink. I can't do it. Like, we can't do it. That's so disgusting. So I ended up saying, Okay, maybe I'll just do it when the nutrition shop is closed. But then something else happened. They made a mandate for all the salons to be closed. So that kind of just removed that from even that being an option. And so I was thankful and I stopped. But I think the biggest transition is with my salon, I was able to get to know each individual client on the one-to-one basis. Although I saw them less, maybe biweekly or weekly, I still got to spend at least 45 minutes to maybe an hour and 15 minutes with each client. I may see Katie more, but I only see her quickly. It's only like three to five minutes. Hey, Katie, how are you doing? You know, you're just trying to like, it's like a drive through, like what's going on? You know, you're trying to catch up with people and you can't really do that. I am a person who values relationships. So the biggest transition for me is not being able to truly sit down and have that 45 minute conversation and just Get to know what's going on with Katie, how's work, how's life, how are the kids? So that is the biggest transition for me, not having um, time to get to know each and every individual customer. I just feel almost slighted because they don't truly know who we are as a family and I don't truly get to know them does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And I want to echo what Cam said. Your story is truly inspiring. And personally, I really wanted to know your story of how you got to do this, because I do feel like y'all are kind of part of my family, because I do stop by a good (laughs) bit. And I see you and your husband and see your incredible employees you have there. But it is one of those of just a quick like, hey, how's it going? And there's not a lot of substance there. But I think that um you know kind of a bigger thing we've talked about on this podcast before is I think the pandemic kind of changed a lot of people where we are grasping for human connection and trying to push past the small talk and actually have some substance and our biggest thing is like with a lot of our clients is pushing them to uh, try and do new things. And your story is absolutely incredible where I wrote down key words from it that you had times where you valued the support you had, whether it was family or friends or different people in the community, that you made sure that whatever you were doing with having the relationship with your tenant, making sure that you were good in that building, that you didn't burn bridges where if there had to be an opportunity, you had that available. And then just, it sounds like so many times there were things that made it where you could have just given up, but you persevered, you pushed through because you, you knew there was a reason that you needed to do this. And I'm very blown away by this story. I do want to ask a question. So a lot of times, obviously your family is very, very involved. I see most of you in there every time I go in there, but I do notice that a lot of your incredible staff is kind of younger high school kids. And so what are kind of the struggles with as you want them to, they go off to college and they leave. View.
3: <laughs> yes, that is probably the biggest struggle. Most of them are gonna be homeschoolers. The ones that you see okay. during the day, I am blown away by them because these are mostly young ladies who have maybe um, tutorial at Bellevue, or either maybe they don't go in, um, but they do their work in such a manner to where they have. Um, showed such a responsibility to their moms and their parents to where they can now fit in a job. And it is giving them real life work experiences, which is priceless. I would say the biggest challenge with them is I want to think about this carefully because they're so great. They, they really are. I mean, I've been blessed. Most people come to us by word of mouth. So we've never had to worry too much about what maybe your average employer would have to worry about. We try to keep it more so like a family environment, but when it is like a family environment, you know how that can get, most people can get relaxed and it's kind of hard to switch from, we're having a good time, And I don't mean business right now to when I do mean business. And then I have to kind of like put on my serious face. And it's like, I'm not playing with you all. (laughs) like Kind of like how I do my kids. (laughs) Like I've asked you to do that three times now. You just will not do it. I I know we love one another and we're having such a good time, but I also need you to understand that in order for this business to run and operate and for customers to be satisfied, we still have to do things behind the scene and not hang out all day. So I would say the biggest challenge It's just kind of having to give them gentle reminders here and there that, hey, y'all, this is still a business, even if no one's in here at the moment. But they've been really sweet and really great. We don't have a high turnover rate. Thank God people really want to work there. We usually have like a waiting list of people who want to work there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We prefer to hire the younger kids because I'm an entrepreneur and this is a business endeavor for me, but it's not a business endeavor for everyone. So with hiring younger, one, they're going to be around for a while because they're in high school. So if they come on at about what, 15, that might be ninth or 10th grade. So you're going to have them for about three years. So we are strategic with hiring younger because they're going to be around for a while. So that kind of eliminates the turnover rate. The biggest challenge is when they go off to college we did lose one riley over the summer which was just so devastating because she was our 6 a.m girl for about the last year and a half I don't think she's ever been late. I mean, she's she's amazing. She actually, over the summer, she was able to continue to work and also work toward completing her certified pilot's license because she's going to school to be a pilot. So although you see these young kids, they are like doing amazing things. They are ready for the world, if that makes sense. But their immaturity will show up <laughs> and we just... We, we show them grace. We, we still love on them. And I mean, and they take it. They don't just run and say, well, I'm going to quit because, you know, I had to get reprimanded. They say, OK, I was wrong. They they take ownership contrary to what a lot of people believe about this generation. I can't remember their generation X, Z, or whatever it is right now. But this group of young people, they have definitely risen above what society is saying about them.
2: Priscilla, you mentioned when you were telling that story that your shop is a a family environment. Now, Wayne, your husband works there, like you said, and he's a great guy. I know you know that. I know Carvel knows that. (laughs) How would you say working with a spouse is? Is it challenging? Is it comfortable?
3: Initially, it drove me crazy, to be honest, (laughs) initially. And that was because I never had to kind of like, listen to him in a work setting place it's always been my salon my show i do it the way i want to do things he would get it open and running for me and then he would disappear but this time with this business he kind of like stayed around so that was different we had to find a balance of how to properly like deal with employees how to properly see the gifts in one another and delegate the first year Was not a great year of working with my spouse, if I'm being honest. I
2: love the honesty.
3: (laughs) But we began to like figure it out. Now I know that, for instance, he is so great on a personal level. Like I want to dive deep with customers so sometimes that like makes me shy away from even opening that door but i mean he knows everything about everybody it's like no i didn't know her cat died how did you know (laughs) Uh, so his gift is even though it's quick he still has a way with people to where they open up quick rather quickly with him so right away i am learning to glean from him and he's learning to glean from me i am very a personality i want it this way i want it now um, and he's taught me to be more patient. And even with ordering, we used to have this thing where, okay, who's doing the ordering? We've had to figure out that, okay, Priscilla handles the ordering. And the reason that we decided to do it that way, because we were able to look and see that, okay, if you make five orders five times a week, that doesn't make any sense. You're gonna spend five times the amount in shipping charges. It doesn't make sense. You need to make one big order for two weeks. And so just things like that, us figuring out where I pay attention to those small numbers that says shipping tax, he may not pay attention to that. He may just pay attention to, oh, we need this. So we have had to learn to not only love and respect and honor one another at home, we've had to bring that to the business and realize that what she may be saying is true and what he may be saying is true. So it's helped me grow a lot. I feel like I feel like maybe I've done the most growing because again, I'm used to having the business. He's more so working the nine to five. So I felt like, well, this is my business. I know how to do it the right way. And then a lot of his ways have truly been better than what I ever could have implemented. So we just compliment one another now. Initially it was a disaster, but now we work much uh, better with one another.
0: Awesome, and again, it's so many key points and lessons that you're giving in these stories of how, if you have that entrepreneurial mind that you want to start a business, you've got to kind of know your strengths and weaknesses, and be willing to kind of lay your sword down and do what's best for the overall business, and evolve as you realize, you know, somebody else's strong suits or your weaknesses, and. So absolutely incredible. I am curious. So, you know, it's kind of like several years ago that all the Froyo shops popped up. How is the dynamic with a lot of these other tea shops that are, you know, in in Cordova or Germantown? Is it something that y'all all kind of play nice in the sandbox? Is it totally separate, competitive ways? How how does that kind of work?
3: I mean, I just feel like it's according to each person's personality, again, because I am a mom of four kids and I homeschool, I don't have a whole lot of time to play in the sandbox. So (laughs) I am always like in business mode. If you see me, it's because I have something to do. I'm being intentional with my time. I've even told my family, and I think I spoke with a cousin yesterday, and she said, I just feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. I'm like, I know. It's not that I'm busy. My time is accounted for. So I don't have a whole lot of, well, what's going on in Cordova or what's going on in Germantown? And customers will come in and say, hey, I went here and I had this experience or that experience. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. We are not a franchise. So I have no control over what goes on over there. But I am more than happy to get it right when you are here with Mm the And you do have to be careful because it can become one of those things where people aren't playing nice. And if you fall into that trap of, well, hey, we went over here and we didn't like this or like that, or we went, and it's just like, well, if you are kind enough to share your experience with me, you ought to show them that same respect and give them the opportunity to do it right. Because I keep in mind that Wayne and I, we are not perfect. And we can get it wrong or an employee can get it wrong or somebody can have a bad day and rub somebody the wrong way. So I have learned that it's not even so much that they're my competition. It's, it's the same thing like just think about McDonald's. If you are headed on a trip to Nashville or Chick-fil-A, if you are headed on a trip to Nashville and you need to grab a chicken biscuit or a sweet tea, you're going to go to the place that's most convenient, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to drive 30 minutes out of your way to come and buy a chicken biscuit from me simply because I have a chicken biscuit. You're (laughs) going to pretty much get what is centrally located to you. And I think that's a good thing because as an entrepreneur, I am not the only one who needs to succeed out here. I can't employ the whole world. That's just the reality. So we We have, even when people don't get the vision of, hey, this is territory for, this territory is so big and there are so many people out here that you don't have to worry about what I'm doing over here. I don't need to worry about what they're doing over there. We can just trust God to supply all our needs.
0: There is a, I can't remember who it is, but there's an Olympic swimmer that talks about how the way that he was successful is you focus on your lane you focus on how Mm -hmm. you're swimming, you can't look left and right at what the other swimmers are doing if they're catching up or you are not. Because if you do, it's going to slow you down. And that's so true that, yes, you have awareness that, you know, there is other things out there, there is other opportunities. But again, you've got to focus on what you can control and the business you have. And you're so right. It's yeah, they're popping up everywhere. But People are going to go where it's convenient. And if they have a bad experience somewhere, they may drive a little bit out of their way to find a better experience. Mm-hmm. This is true.
2: As an American, and unless you've been living under a rock, you know inflation is very real, especially in the past few months. Can you talk about the challenges? Have your customers been okay with price increases? Have you increased your prices? Can you talk a little bit about inflation with your shop?
3: Oh man, inflation has definitely just been um, a sore spot. Lately, Um, we actually held it back. Last year, we had an increase, but we didn't increase our prices. There was another increase incurred from Herbalife on us, and I think it was March. We didn't increase our prices. And then there was another one that came in, I believe, June, and then we did have to increase our prices. So we've always understood that you're not going to get rich off your business, and that's not our goal anyway. But The reality is inflation is affecting everyone. And we just came to a point where it's like, okay, it makes sense at this point to increase. It made sense before, but now we really have to. And so we have tried to still be fair in our price. We only increased by a dollar. But we also try to inform our customers about how much cups have gone up, straws and labels and so on and so forth. And so um, we just tell them, for instance, if they want um, an extra cup of ice. It is hard to come by the large teacups and the shake cups that we have in. It is really a challenge to keep us properly stocked. So long story short, instead of just telling them, no, you can't have this, no, you can't have that, like an extra cup of ice, we'll just buy a cheaper cup that doesn't cost us that much money. And if they want something extra, it may have to go in that cheaper cup. But we let them know this is not like our standard cup. We just haven't been able to get supplies in. Same thing with our employees. Instead of having them drink out of the disposable cups, we decided to buy them, in particular, reusable cups. And so we have tried to cut our cost as much as possible. But I mean, prices are really really astronomical right now it, it's getting out of hand i don't know what it will look like six months from now i'm hoping that it will not be to the point where people can't afford to have a tea or a shake because people are really cutting back we've had to cut back even like with our hours we've decided that hey we can help offset cost by me working more or by when Wayne goes in, instead of having two people there, we may have one person there. So we've tried to offset the cost so we don't have to continuously pass that on to the customers. But I think everybody's feeling it right now, whether it's at the pump, whether it's with cheese, whether it's at the grocery store, we just try to focus on the positive because it can be a place of discouragement um, for a lot of people. We're just happy that we are still open And um, hopefully the dollar isn't a deal breaker. But like I always tell people, if it's truly a deal breaker and they truly couldn't afford to give me that dollar, hey, I'm happy to take less.
2: It sounds like you're being very thoughtful when it comes to inflation. Instead of blindly rising prices and just not really caring about the customer, you're, you're actually being generous and really thoughtful about it.
0: Yeah, I walked in in the middle of pandemic and um, remember talking to Wayne and I asked him, I said, how's the supply chain issues and what's going on? And he told me about the cup issues and the prices and I kind of was pushing him as a customer, but also, you know, my experience with the financial side of it, I said, for your business sakes, you guys have to raise prices. But as you said, y'all really put it off as long as possible, because you care about the customers, you care about the people. And that's why I'm glad you said this. And I hope that a lot of people will listen to this. Because unfortunately, some people get very stuck in their ways and think when a company raises prices, they're just Greedy and out to get them, and they don't realize. Hey, when it's good, when you go to the grocery store, you go to the gas stations, it's more expensive. Well, we're people too. We just happen to own a business, and so we've got to, unfortunately. And I tell people, it's okay. Would you rather pay an extra dollar for your tea, or have it completely shut down and you never can get it again?
3: This is true. <laughs> One thing I've learned in life is to judge less and just to be to be very slow in judgment. And to try to understand someone else's position because most, I'm not going to say all people, but the average person that you run into, they're not going to be out to get you or anything you have. They have a reason behind the why, like why do they do this? There's a real reason lying behind why people do things when they do it. Um, And like you said, it'll boil down to, hey, does this even make sense for us to be open anymore at this point?
2: It sounds like for you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe the most rewarding aspect of this job, this entrepreneurship is the people. Would you say that's correct, Priscilla? It's all about the people?
3: Oh, absolutely. That is one thing that when we hire an employee, we make it abundantly clear that the customer is the most important person in this business it's not you it's not me so the way that we do things it is not to accommodate priscilla it's not to accommodate the employee it's to accommodate the customer i feel like people work extremely hard for their money and they should be treated as such you know we shouldn't treat them as oh they're gonna come anyway no you have a lot of choices and if you choose to come in here and patronize our business i feel like you deserve our full attention and you deserve the best product i've even told my girls they don't like this of course because they're younger i don't even like their cell phones at the front of the counter Mm. and that is because i don't want them to ever be distracted from the customer i don't want them to be looking at their phone if it's dinging. i want them to be fully engaged when the customer is in front of them people are always going to be the driving forces of businesses. You can have a great business and a great product, but if you don't have anybody who's willing to consume that product or want to come back, then you're out of business. So without the customer, there's truly know us.
2: That's so true. I love that so much. I've got one more question for you before you wrap and I'm sure Katie has one for you, but it has to do with the flavors. So my favorite flavor of tea your <laughs> shop is Nola Vamp. In fact, Katie picked <laughs> me up one this morning. Yep. This two part question awesome. What is your favorite flavor and what is the most popular flavor?
3: Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> it's almost seasonal. And mm. I also feel like with me I change. I will drink a drink today and then I will stay on that drink for about six months. (laughs) So, and I I am not exaggerating. I am currently on Daisy Duke and and that's like strawberry and watermelon and it's the base of it is like a kitchen sink. That's one of my favorites. The customers, the most popular flavor or tea amongst the customers is probably going to be Captain America hands down and then Watermelon Jolly Rancher. So we Mm. like to pre-prep our tea so that way we get you guys in and out faster so we will typically let's say prep 10 of most teas well, with Captain America and Watermelon Jolly Rancher, we can easily prep 50 and then have to reprep them again by the end of the day. So, Captain America and Watermelon Jolly Rancher are going to be of the loaded tea line, the most popular teas, and then of the specialties, kitchen sink. Great.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I'm a sucker for the names. Whenever I go in there and y'all've got some special one, like the Halloween ones for sure, I'm like, ooh, what is that one? What is that? And yeah, I love it that y'all get into theme. I'm just very. Very impressed with you. I cannot wait to see what is in store for you and your family, and just really kudos to you on this absolutely incredible business. And thank you so much for all you bring to Collierville and to Tennessee, and just bringing here today for us these great
3: lessons.
2: Yes, thank you, Priscilla.
3: Thank you all for having us. And again, we're just humbled and grateful to be here. What is the address of your shop so people can come see you? We are located at three six four New Bahia Road, Suite three. I always give the landmark of Cheers Liquor Store. If you know where Cheers is, you can find me. We're about three doors down from Cheers Liquor Store. And if you don't know where Cheers is, we are across the street from Target.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And we uh, look forward to stopping by the
3: shop and seeing you soon. Thank you guys so much. And I look forward to seeing you.
2: Katie, I am ready to run through a brick wall and start a business. <laughs> like Priscilla has inspired me. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, that
2: was phenomenal. Yeah, oh, it was yeah.
0: great. Obviously, if you were in the Carnival area, please go by and support them. Go say hi to Priscilla, Wayne, um, the great girls in the shop. We will be posting some pictures of that fabulous place, but I'm blown away. I think she put some great skills out there of perseverance and making sure you've got that drive and making sure you understand the support you have and that you may have to adjust your typical type A personality or knowing your strengths and weaknesses. But this has been great. Sorry you missed it, Court. Are you back? I'm
1: kind of jealous that (laughs) I couldn't be here. Yeah. Through the power of radio magic, Court is back. Indeed. Check me out. And we're not going to bullseye today right
0: no, no no as a matter
1: of fact i'm back just in time for there it is the closing bell ladies and gentlemen <laughs> you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the bull cast podcast if you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beamed directly to your favorite listening device every single thursday at noon if you'd like to find out more about katie and cameron and court Uh, You can feel free to go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. You can leave us some comments, suggest a topic, suggest a guest if there's somebody you'd like to have us bring on, and we will do our darndest to follow through for you. We also have pictures. I think Katie mentioned we're going to have some pictures for you. The pictures are going to go up on the Instagram. The Instagram handle is at bullcastpodcast. We also have a Twitter handle. That handle is at bullcastpodcast as well. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, Cortland, Cameron, and Katie all work at I wish it was something that started with a C after that alliteration. Cortland, Cameron, and Katie all work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about where we work, what it is we do, our amazing team, and our boss, David Pickler, please go to that website. That website is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O, not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, we've given you everything you need to go forth and be merry. So for now, I'm Cort, I'm Katie, I'm Cam, and we're done.